0: Online communities, classroom culture, and personal relationships have something in common. Whether it's forming a strong emotional bond, feeling included and accepted, or having an attachment to others, feeling like we belong makes us happy. Ever wonder why? Join me, Dr. Eileen Winokur, for my bi-weekly podcast, Journeys to Belonging. As I discuss my personal and professional experiences with belonging, and interview educators and others as they share their stories of belonging. At the end of every episode, I'll offer advice about how we can all feel like we belong. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to have you join us again for another episode of Journeys to Belonging podcast. My guest this week is a published author, of a book that I've actually participated in a Voxer chat about because it's such an important book. So I'm going to make sure that she talks about that. And um, a very good friend and a very important part of my PLN, um, I'm welcoming Jennifer Casa Todd to the broadcast today. Jennifer, I just introduced you. So please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you, Eileen, and thank you so much for having
1: me, and I I just love, love the connection that we have, so I'm grateful to be a part of this. Um, So yeah, I'm a teacher-librarian, as you said, a published author. Um, My book, Social Media, was published uh, in 2017, and my goodness, I would say resonates and as important today, if not more so, given our context, Um, and I am working on an update for 2020. Um, I also have a a parent companion to that book, Raising Digital Leaders, coming out in the summer, and I've co-authored a book with a good friend of mine, Lee Castle, and it's called Aubrey Bright, Stories That Connect Us. It's a children's book, and it's illustrated by one of my former students, so super, super excited about that, and always wanted to be a writer and can't even believe that that is true for me. I'm also a teacher librarian. I work in the Catholic Uh, at Cardinal Carter Catholic High School in Aurora for the York Catholic District School Board. In my role as teacher librarian, I've been doing that for four years. I'm also a a PLN uh, executive member for ISTE librarians. And that has been an, an incredible uh, opportunity for me uh, to develop a, a really strong PLN around teacher librarians as well. I'm a co-founder for the Global Ed Student Chat, which is which you have been on. Um, we can talk a little more about that later, but um, it's a student-led Twitter chat, and I'm just I feel so fortunate um, to be working with such an incredible team of students um, in that endeavor. And gosh, what else? I'm a Google educated, a Google educator group leader for Ontario, an incredible group of people there as well. So um, I, just, um, I just feel so blessed to be wearing so many hats and servicing learners, you know, in so many different ways. I should say I'm a mom, (laughs) a mom, a wife, those are really important
0: roles too, my goodness. That's true, yes, yes, of two lovely teenage girls, yes, yes, and also co-host with your husband of weekly trivia nights, yes, which have been really fun. Yes,
1: that has been so fun for our family, a really nice break from the monotony of staying home.
0: It's a really important break, yes, especially especially during this crisis. So so um, the first question I like to ask my guests is when I say belonging or creating a sense of belonging, what what are the first things that come to mind?:
1: Well, for me, belonging is about um, being with like-minded people who support me, but also challenge me. Um, And I just, when I was younger, I was severely bullied and I didn't have any friends. I had very, very few friends. Um, And that has impacted the way I see the world and my, um, my longing. For connections with people. And so when I think of belonging, I feel so blessed to be able to say today that I have people in my life who challenge and support me, who I could go to for advice, uh, whose shoulders I can cry on, um, who learn with me and grow with me. So I would say that that encompasses it for me.
0: Yeah, so truly a journey to belonging for you. From not feeling like you belonged to creating that sense of belonging, um, so just really briefly, because there are some other questions I want to get into um, related to the, the book and digital literacy and also the student global chat but um, what do you what did you find helped you with that journey? How, how did you move from feeling left out and um, sort of an outsider to being part of some of these really amazing plns and also friendships how did you get there
1: i think i hit rock bottom I think that was the reality when I was wow. young, and you know and I think the more I speak to people about their experiences in high school, many, many people in elementary school um, have really negative experiences and mm. and for me, those negative experiences were tied into um, my eyes were crossed, and so when you're different physically from others, um, people are not very nice to you. Um, so for me, it has been a combination of Slowly developing confidence in myself um, and opening up to people um, in, in my circle, right? So recognizing that, um, you know, I went from having no friends none whatsoever to really, really valuing friendships in my life and connections in my life and understanding that that's a two way street. And I think it's because I didn't have any friends that now I treasure the friendships in my life and I work hard at them. I make sure that I, you know, I'm as present as I can be for people that I've gotten to know. Um, I make sure that I, I think I'm very intuitive Um, maybe an empath because of um, my experiences when I was young, uh, being bullied and and understanding isolation. Um, And so I think I just, it, it has become a priority for me. So I've, I've, I hit rock bottom. And then I started to realize that every friend in my life, every connection that I've made with someone is truly a blessing and that I need to continue to foster that, that sense of connection.
0: Right, yeah, that, that connection and being able to see that it's, it's a two-sided kind of thing, that it's not enough for people to be contacting us, but we also need to reach out even when we don't hear from them for periods of time. So that's really important. Um, I want to talk a little bit about social media, which you said you're updating, which is really kind of cool. It's hard to believe it's been three years since you, since you published it. But, you know, you talk about student voice, you talk about digital citizenship. Certainly in your role as a, a teacher librarian, uh, the digital citizenship these days is extremely important. And, um, and then the use of social media. The thing that I love about the book is the number of examples that you give with uh, students taking the lead. I love the, the title, social media. Students taking the lead, teachers being supportive, but also teachers uh, facilitating. So it's not just students. So talk a little bit about that in terms of connectedness, in terms of um, how that book came about and the update uh, that you're working on. What are the kinds of changes you're seeing and um, how that all belongs, you know, all that comes together for belongingness and connectedness. Okay, well, that's
1: big. I'm gonna try. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. So, <laughs> um, so social media really came about as a result of me recognizing that digital citizenship conversations that we were having were mostly about cyber safety and cyber bullying. And then the more I sort of started to meet kids who were leveraging social media positively um, and it, it, you know, to make connections, like we talk about how, I mean, you and I met through Twitter and we value that connection so much. And it was me wondering why we're not helping our kids To create connections, why we're shutting down opportunities for them. And I was inspired by uh, the definition of digital leadership that George Kuros um, had created in 2013 and that was to use the vast reach of social media and technology to improve the lives well being circumstances of others. And so I started to realize really quickly that we just needed to look around, look around in our school communities, look around online to see that there were kids doing this all the time. And so social media is really about celebrating and giving a voice to those students and celebrating and giving a voice to the teachers who were enabling and empowering their students um, using social media, weren't just saying, no, nope, you know, because of privacy issues or because of whatever, you, we can't do this. Um, they were, pe- the, the, the teachers who I highlight, the students who are highlighting our kids are, especially the teachers anyway, are teachers who have the same privacy laws we all do, um, but are, are looking at ways to empower kids and give them opportunities to connect with one another. I mean, I think back to, you know, the story I just told about being bullied when I was young. And and I wonder sometimes I look at kids on their phones, very, very isolated, very alone and wish that they have a network of people who Mm -hmm. believe in them or a network of people, even if it's online, who don't think like, think that they're, valuable or worthy or, you know, uh, share an interest that they have. And I think we're sometimes so short-sighted around those places where kids are. We don't value them as much. Um, And so I'm just proud to say that that book has lots of examples of kids and opportunities for kids where they can uh, leverage social media for good and in positive ways. So that's, that's what my intention was for the book. And it's so interesting because as I look to the text itself to see what to update, right. I'm looking at statistics, but that's so superficial. So much of the the essence of what social media is continues to be prevalent today, and I continue right. to look around. Like there's a group of kids. I mean, certainly the kids I'm I'm mentoring in the global ed student chat, but mm-hmm. uh, you know there's a group of kids called Stay In, Play in. Um, and they are, they are, it's completely youth led and they are really helping other kids to connect to other kids. It's amazing. Um, I look at my student council and the video that they've created, um, the ways in which students around the world are connecting in, in, you know, in ways that we maybe looked at before and didn't value. And now we're going, oh, wow. All right. So, you know, these fan fiction communities or these um, you know, these other ways that kids are connecting, even in games, right? How powerful and important those connections are. My daughter, who's never been a gamer before, we were having a conversation today about how in the game she's able to stay connected socially to her friends. And that's wow. something that you know, I tackled in social media and and you know, I'm looking at um, making some updates. But for the most part, I think what COVID-19 has done is really amplified how uh, meaningful um, our connections can be even online, right? The the celebrities, the the authors, the the people that are looking for those human connections um, online. And that's what social media has been all about and continues to be, I think, even in this next iteration.
0: Yeah. And, and I think it's so important, especially now, as you mentioned, to be connected online, to understand how to connect safely, but also that there are a lot of possibilities out there. And I think when we, when we talk about cybersecurity, privacy, uh, worrying about what our you know, kids are doing online... And not allowing them to experiment or at least see what the possibilities are. We're really restricting them from that sense of being connected. And we know how we feel. I mean, it's it's not easy staying at home and being at home and not being able to go out and see people and socialize. But there's a lot to be said about socializing online when it's done uh, with the idea of digital citizenship and digital literacy in mind. So, so that's just so important. Um, late, later um, at the end when we talk about advice, I, I hope that you're able to share a couple of the examples from the book because I think they're they're really, really powerful. The, the next question I wanted to ask you about was about the Global Ed Students Chat, which as you mentioned, I had participated in, and is another powerful vehicle for students. Um, Yeah, I'd love for you to describe it because my role in it was really just facilitating but I learned so much from the students who did participate both on the Twitter chat and on the live feed. So talk about how that got started and um, who participates and um, and a little bit more about it, because I think it it really is a powerful model of allowing students to have a voice uh, and and the fact that you're continuing it during all of this, how often does it happen and how can people find it? But but examples, how did it get started first?
1: For sure. So uh, Lee Castle is a very good friend of mine and she had done like a similar kids chat, which I actually highlight in social media. Um, and then we had this idea afterwards, like what if what if we expanded that? So it's all Ontario, it isn't just one district. So it actually began as on ed student chat. So we, you know, um, included a few kids that we knew. Um, It, we started with a few teachers, um, originally Nicole Kaufman, and Alison Fuse was on it and Brock Baker. And uh, now it's sort of evolved to become a global ed student chat, because we feel like, why just Ontario? Like we really should open this up to everyone. And right. so the way it works is we will, we meet once a month, and the students on the team uh, develop the topics, and we you know ask for people on Twitter to give us input. And we literally ask the kids to create questions for the topics the kids create the questions we help them to make robust questions so we'll you know ask clarifying questions and whatnot and once we have those questions established um, we put out a blog post we create the link and the kids come on panel once a month live with an expert um, on whatever that topic is so April was exceptional. I mean, every every month is better than the next, really. But April was all about. The kids said, "You know, could we talk about mental health and well-being?" Because I, it was going to be our May topic, and they asked if we can switch it. And we said, "Absolutely." And we had students, uh, student guest panelists join us, and they talked about the strategies that they use, the struggles that they had. We had a psychotherapist wow. on the panel. Um, and it was, it, it was not the usual half hour, it went on to 45 minutes and it was just gold. Um, and then once the panel is done, we continue with slow chat questions on Twitter um, where people, anybody can, anyone can watch the panel and participate and add ask questions or give their input um, while it's happening live. But the conversation continues using the hashtag global ed student chat so global e d s s c h a t Um, and then the kids will continue to respond and um to others it has been i it is probably one of my favorite things (laughs) that i that i help to run the kids are incredible um i've learned so much from them and um every topic has been really, really eye-opening and wonderful. Um, and so we have uh, one more in May, and then we'll start up again in October. And we've had to change format. We usually uh, use StreamYard to, to do a YouTube Live. Um, but because kids are now participating from their homes, um, we've had to go to Zoom um, just so oh. we could have more on the panel right. but it you know what the kids are so great they take it in stride um, <laughs> and you know we just jump on to we have one of our one of our students sam who's created like a bot um you know has figured out how to stream like he just he's just taken on so much of this um, and we have one student named Erin who's really passionate about expanding it on social media so she's starting to create a social media ambassador program um, for kids who maybe can't join us live on the panel but who want to be part of this community who want to like you know um respond on social media and uh you know so she's taken that on so it's been so lovely to see um students really empowered to use their voices in very very positive ways and the ways in which they're kind of leading the way and mentoring other kids um, has been really, really cool as well
0: And, and, you know, taking that responsibility and feeling valued for the ideas that they've come up with is so important in developing their own uh, resilience, their own ability to sort of push themselves in a positive way through, you know, what really has become a a rather traumatic uh, experience. But in any case, just giving students the ability to voice and um, have choice. Um, we really need to rely on them more, like you said, to be able to make decisions or suggestions that are relevant. There's so much that they can do to, to guide us. Um, and it, it becomes a, a lot of teamwork, which is really cool. One, one of the things I really enjoyed about the, the chat uh, and being a guest was how much of a community it already is. And you're invited in to be a part of that community, but they already have those established roles, but also you can see how much they care about each other. And then having Tisha's group, um, which is, you know, in the States and um, Michael Drezek, who's also, you know, participates and having them with their students also involved uh, really does make it much more global. And I know you're trying to even expand it uh, even further than that, which is really really cool. Um, so Michael Dresik is uh,
1: is now a co moderator. He's been incredible, and so um, you know just between the three of us in terms of our, our mentorship roles, um, bringing in as you said guests. And so many of the team members began as guests. They really enjoyed the opportunity to, sh- to share their voices and said, you know, I'd like to be part of this. What does it look mm-hmm. like? Um, and so that has been super, super powerful as well to see, um, get, and any class can be a guest, right? Um, right? it's an incredible opportunity to mentor your students around using social media in positive ways. It's a great way to have them have a discussion about whatever our topic is of the month. Um, and 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 learn how to use you know the youtube live chat for example together as a class if you're under 13 or independently if you're over 13 um, but really t- really taking on that um, mentorship opportunity whether you're a classroom teacher and certainly for michael and lee and i um, as team leaders has been really cool.
0: right yeah and to see them grow from the experience i'm sure when they started out there was a lot of of your facilitation and guidance and how to get started, and perhaps with the topics and things, and now, to see them bloom and then of course, I imagine as they outgrow it, i don't know how long they stay on as an ambassador or as a panelist uh and then seeing others come in, and I'm sure they end up mentoring those students who are coming in and seeing them taking on that responsibility which is which is so important i mean one of one of the things that uh, Corporate, you know, talks about when they're hiring now is really that whole idea of of teamwork and thinking outside the box and and all of those things are really important. And you really many times don't get them necessarily just from a classroom experience. And then, of course, they're they're creating bonds and and uh, well, you know, among themselves because they're reaching out to other student communities and the idea of the student ambassador role is is really cool that one of the students has taken that idea on. So, so um, the last thing I'd like to ask you about is is just some advice for teachers who perhaps haven't gotten started or want to get started with using social media in their classrooms. I, I know that's a big part of why you know uh, of the book but also of of what you are a proponent of. I don't know if you wanna maybe some recent examples or some examples from the book so that, uh, yeah. So what would your advice for for people be to, who want to get started, who have tried and, and not really sure if they're going in the right direction?
1: So I would say right now, believe it or not, is an incredible time to dip your feet in, if you've never done it before. Um, teachers are looking for resources everywhere, and never before. I mean, I have lots of examples in the book, but I curate something called Daily Connections, and I have every day um, since you know we started in quarantine, and they are opportunities um, for live streams by authors, by artists, by um, uh, gyms, by like you name it, right? Um, So I would say if you go to jcasataw.com, which is where I blog and you go to the parenting on any given day, you will have hyperlinks to a Facebook live opportunity that you could first experience on your own, maybe just to sort of see what it's all about. And then do it with your class. If your class is under 13, I would recommend that you share your screen. You don't send your kids there. Um, And participate, ask them for questions, you know, ask them to contribute a question. Um, Dip your feet in that way. The the Cincinnati Zoo every day at three o'clock has, you know, meet the zookeeper. Um, Wow. There are scientists. There are marine biologists. There are all kinds of real experts out there that you can connect with your kids um, in an unprecedented kind of way. Now is the time. If you've been afraid before, to dip your feet in in that way um, and 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 see what it's all about and see you know anticipate what might be some of the the the. Problems, you know, it might be that there might be negative things in the comments. So, you know, how do I have a conversation with my kids about this? If we right. see something we don't like or or something inappropriate, but you know what, these have been so great. It's been families participating. I have yet to see anything negative in the chat. Things that I'm sharing, anyway. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's the biggest step. So then you start to create. Um, you, you start to follow people on social media f- where you're learning and share learning where people are empowering or celebrating others and people who are making a positive difference in the world. And as soon as your social media feed is filled with those kinds of people, your whole experience of social media is going to be different. And then we show kids, some of them already know, right? Like we can ask them, you know, who, what have you seen? Like listening to kids right now, what have you learned? Like, don't assume that just because the formal online virtual teaching didn't start that they haven't been learning. Um, Because my daughter is watching Bon Appetit and you know things that I again if you didn't ask you wouldn't know um, so wh- what are where are your kids learning and what opportunities can you give your kids in kind of a controlled way um, mm-hmm. to connect with these experts in the world who are sharing their gifts and talents in this extraordinary time
0: yeah yeah and there there are so many things that I know that um, you mentioned also in the book that you know, for teachers who are worried about their school districts or um, the privacy concerns and things like that. But there are ways to ensure that that privacy is taken care of. And so um, I'm sure that if anybody has a question, they could reach out to you. uh, Where's the best place to find you uh, other than your website, which I'm sure has, uh, I know has a lot of resources. But where else can they find you, Jen, if they have a question and they need to reach out to you? So the website is the best place because there's a contact form and that will go directly to my
1: email, but I'm also on Twitter at jcasatod and on Instagram at jcasatod. And I have a Facebook page and group called Social Media. So Facebook is kind of private, my own family and friends, Um, but the page and the group are, are, are places on Facebook where I connect with others and share.
0: Okay, that's great. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we, before we finish our episode? I, I feel like there's so much more to talk about, but, uh, but in the, in the interest of time, and I know that, you know, uh, it's the weekend. And so uh, I appreciate the fact that you gave up some of your time on your weekend. So anything else that you wanted to say before we, before we finish?
1: I would just like to say in the spirit of belonging that um, you develop a PLN for yourself if you haven't already. And, a, you know, a personal or professional learning network can very quickly become a pers- personal or professional learning family. Like, you know, as you could say with OGC and now's the time we need to support one another. We need to lift each other up. We need to, um, be positive and surround ourselves with positive because it's so easy depending on who you're following on social media to have that negative impact and what you want to do is make sure that who you're following you can learn from inspires you and makes you better
0: right yeah feeling like you're being lifted up rather than let down is extremely important anytime but especially right now. So I'm, I'm glad you, you contributed that. that. That is really an excellent way to end this podcast episode. Thank you so much, Jen. I appreciate your being on today. Thank you, Eileen. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast, Journeys to Belonging. Um, and the next episode will be out in two weeks. In the meantime, you can connect with me on Twitter at Eileen Winokur, I-L-E-N-E-W-I-N-O-K-U-R, or on Instagram at Eileen underscore W. And you can also find my blog uh, at the website, https colon forward slash forward slash cultures that build. See you in two weeks.